On today's episode, we are recapping the NFL Combine, and we were there. So we know a great deal about it, but we're going to talk about um, how much stock we should actually put into combine results, uh, players that stood out to us in the NFL combine, uh, and then we're might, maybe going to do a little bit of a rookie mock draft. I'm Avery Huffman. I'm here with Nathan Schmidt. Hey, hey. And Simon Denny. Welcome back. Welcome to Dynasty Domain. All right, let's get into things, and we're going to start this week how we start every week, and that is with our trade scenarios of the week. We should have like a jingle or something that plays when I say that. Yeah, I'll look into that. I guess when we're higher budget, we could do that. Yeah. That sounds like a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Yep. All right, we got some good ones? Yes, sir. All right, let's Let me go. just uh, let's dive in right here. Uh, t- team 1 gets DeAndre Swift in the 2022-109, and Team 2 um, would be getting Javante Williams and Mike Evans. Okay, I think this is easy to break down. Uh, are you taking DeAndre Swift or Javante? I'm taking Swift. 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 Uh, you think Mike Evans is worth the 109? Yes. Uh, this year, yeah. I think this is one of the most like fair trades on paper that I've ever seen. And I think you, I think you're also getting it. some pretty good players at the 109 still. Yeah, I mean, we just... I'm going to jump the gun here. We In our mock draft that we did, Jahan Dotson went at the 109. But by that metric, I'm easily taking Mike Williams there because we know he's going to hit. Um, but I think I'm going to take Swift over Javante more than I'm going to take Mike Evans over the 109. So I'm going to land on that side of the deal. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I think the, the gap with the running backs... Um I th- I think the 109 for Mike Evans is actually pretty even. Yeah. So with no, that I being like said, it. the the I think the advantage overall lies with the Swift side. Nathan, I 100% agree, and, and I think especially now, when when you can get a uh, mid to late first rounder for Mike Evans, um, I think that's pretty solid for now because there's there's not a lot of time left where you're going to be able to. Uh, well, and he's playing without Brady too. And he's playing yeah. without Brady yeah. of all he was the good years before for him Brady. to start dying out. Oh yeah, he was. But, yes, but I mean, he's done it. He's been yeah. in the league for eight, eight years, nine years and he's put up a thousand yards every single season. Yeah, Kudos to him. He's a future Hall of Famer, but he's got to die out at some point. And of all the years for that to happen, I'd I'd call it right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, our second trade here. Uh, team one is going to get Devonta Smith, Deontay Johnson, and this year's one hundred two in the rookie draft. Team two is going to get Justin Jefferson. This is interesting. Yeah. So, so who do you six, want? Studs or the depth? Well, yeah, and you're obviously trading away. But even then, like it's studs, even it's then, not even depth. It's, these are like they're still studs. Yeah. They're they're stud depth players. Like yeah. you're just getting two studs. So you're basically I mean, and they're not studs on Justin Jefferson's level, right? No. You've got you know, Jefferson and Chase are the tier one receivers, and then there's after that, you know, you've got some drop off. Right. So as far as where do Devonta Smith and Deontay Johnson go, uh you, people have them outskirts of the top ten or twelve. Yeah. So you're talking about anywhere I, I think in good faith you could put any of them in the like nine to fourteen range and it'd be comfortable. So you're taking two nine yeah. to fourteen wide receivers and a first rounder for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, in my opinion, that's enough. I mean, I think I I, th- I like Deontay Johnson. I've said it on the show. Uh, I also like Devonta Smith though. If he can do that with Jalen Hurts, like, yeah, what else can he do? Nine hundred yards. Yeah, imagine yeah. a good quarterback. I, yeah. I Personally, I love Justin Jefferson. You guys know this, but with yeah. that trade specifically, I would have I would have a hard time turning that yep. down if I had Justin Jefferson. Yeah, that's exactly and the that's payout a, you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I so you guys don't think he? I mean, what else do you even look for in a trade for Justin Jefferson like that? 
<laughs> I don't know. Stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, right. if you were talking startup, you're talking, you're, you're giving up your first, your first round pick, Justin Jefferson for uh, fourth, sixth, and I mean, 102 is probably going into the thirds right now. Right. So, yeah. so that's a really good payout if you're talking startup trade values yeah 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 and and this isn't just any first round pick like we said it's the 102 if it was the 106 107 108 i'm reconsidering Uh, i'm 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 actually probably turning it down the fact that it's the 102 alone um, i'm not a high i'm not high on 22 but there's a lot of of capital that you can get with the 102 we're talking guys like Brees hall uh traylon burks (laughs) yeah um if you're lucky, Malik Willis won't be going at the 101, and you could even snag him. Like, there's just a lot that you can get there, a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and we got those from our Twitter page. So, um, if you've got a trade request and you want to get on the show and see what we think about it, tag us on Twitter. Like we said last week, we're gonna evaluate your trades on here. Uh, shout out to the guys who submitted this week. Thanks for doing that, and keep doing it because we like doing it. Uh, we've got one more for you before we finish. Uh, so this one's kind of crazy. This one was exciting. This is, and this is, um, this is one of our leagues actually. And it involves two of us, but not just two of us. Three of us. Three. Yeah. Three. Three. This is a three-way we pull, trade, We pulled off folks. a three-way. Three-way trade. How about that? Let's talk about it. Nathan? Team one. That is yours truly, Avery Huffman. Yes, sir. And he, is, he got Stephon Diggs and Kareem Hunt. Team two got Ramondre Stevenson and the 2022-107. And team three, who was me, got Michael Pittman and Michael Gallup. I gave up... Stefan Diggs and in return I was getting Michael Pittman and Michael Gallup Avery gave up Ramondre and the 107 he got Stefan Diggs and Kareem Hunt I also gave up Gallup yeah oh you gave up Gallup as well yes and then um, team two gave up Pittman and Kareem Hunt in return getting Ramondre Ramondre and the 107 107. yeah it it landed really well for everyone yeah I mean I would easily take I would easily take Pittman Gallup here too yeah, I needed digs. I needed a. I didn't need a clear cut. A clear cut. Clear cut. Clear cut. Yep. I, I needed a clear cut wide receiver one for my team. Um, building it around Mahomes and Herbert. Um, so I was going after Diggs. I could have just gone after Pittman, and I, and I ultimately chose to go after Diggs instead. Uh, and then the guy I was trading with that was in the three way trade. The other guy here, he wanted to flip Ramondre. He yep. wanted to, he wanted to get Ramondre for Kareem Hunt, which in my opinion. Yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah, I, I Ramondre's care. younger. I, I mean, you guys he's know a good my. Running yeah, back. he's a good running back. You know my opinion on uh, the New England backfield, but there is a chance where at least for a few years that he could be solid, um, even with Damian Harris in the backfield. The fact that he was producing uh, inconsistently, but showed a lot of flashes last season with Damian Harris in the backfield, showed a lot of promise. Um, and then the 107, he obviously believes in a guy that he can get there, and I, I believe he's looking at Drake London. Correct. He's uh, the prospect no. coming out of USC. Well, we've got a guy at the 102 looking at Drake London, right? Yeah. Isn't that um, what he said? Yeah, I, I think he was trolling. But, I mean, looking at Team 2 here, his, he his other running backs are, are Derrick Henry and David Montgomery. So it really makes sense why he wanted to move off of Kareem and into Ramondre. Because Kareem because, is Yeah, he, he's moving in, in right? some youth and some upside there. And, um, and, and even the 107, when... His other his other receivers they're pretty young too, but uh, Claypool, Amon Ra, um, but he's getting I, I think he's looking at taking a receiver there. So 
you say, are you giving up Pittman for the 107? And he obviously thought it was worth it. And I think depending on who you're getting there, that could be a stellar trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the The best part about this three way was, um, and I loved there. There was a there was a beauty in this trade because none of us went into this trade trying to win it. A lot of times we're we're looking at at trades and there's people that are offering trades and all they're looking for is how can I basically get the upper hand on this trade? And we were saying this week, like if you guys are approaching trades like that all the time people are going to want to stop trading with yeah. you and it becomes less enjoyable. And it, 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 there's just, there's an aspect of trading that there's no risk that you're really giving up if you're just trying to win it all the time. And for me, I needed, I needed the depth at wide receiver, my good flex options. So I was willing to give up Stefan Diggs, who's going to be 29 years old next year. And in return, I got Michael Pittman, who is the number one wide receiver for the Colts. And then Michael Gallup, who's um, future, with the Cowboys is in the air. Um, and then for team two, getting Ramondre in the one Oh seven, like we just said, he wanted to kind of get on the younger side of running backs. So he was able to sacrifice what may be more value in Kareem hunt by getting the youth that he needs. And then Avery on paper, I don't think there's really a question that on paper you won this trade by quite a bit, Yeah. but I was fully aware of that. I understood that. But I was well, willing like I said, to pay. I would that take price. your. I would take your so, side of this too. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd take Ramondre in the 107 because you guys obviously know how I feel about picks. Um, but I and I, I I don't know. I don't think I. I don't think I'd give away Pittman for the 107 either. I like Pittman though. And Simon, you don't yeah. like Pittman as much, so you probably would. Yeah, um, I, I would actually. Take I do that think. Side. Yeah. I do think as far as Diggs goes, like how old do you say he's going to be? 29. He's going to be 29 going so, into next so, season. But yeah, let it let it be noted, Diggs is in his prime. So all of you selling Diggs right now because he's old. Like he's not. Old. He's got a couple. He's got of years. a couple. He's and he's uh, playing with. I, he's I, playing I'd with Josh Allen. He probably has a few. He's playing with Josh Allen, who's the second best quarterback in the league. Right. Like. Right. Oh, we didn't even get a response. Uh, sorry. I was Diggs will not be twenty nine. <laughs> we said going. Josh Allen. I, I was Simon checking. Didn't perk up. I was checking Stephon's age. Crazy. He just turned. He just 28. turned twenty eight. He's he won't be twenty nine going into. The next I think. Season. I oh, think really? Stephon okay. Diggs is sorry. a is a valuable fantasy receiver for a couple of years to come. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly what I needed. I yep. really, I would take almost any side of this trade. I, I'm not yeah. huge on picks, but but uh, the guy that was in this trade with us is so he he feels good about this too. So uh, overall, some pretty solid trades this week. I would say that one's definitely interesting because, like you said, nobody's trying to win it, and it's a three way trade, and that doesn't happen. Those do not happen so very often. Yeah. It was it was a blast. Really awesome stuff. Yeah. All right, trades over. Let's get let's get down to business here. Oh yeah, the NFL combine. We told boys. you yeah we told you last week we were going to be in the building for the NFL combine. We were in the building for the NFL Combine. We were. It was we awesome. It was Lucas very cool. Stadium. And honestly, like, where are they going to take the Combine? Where are they going to take it better than Indy? Nowhere. You cannot beat this. The logistics of hosting in Indianapolis outweigh all of the stupid NFL profit-hungry reasons for moving. Amen. It. And this is coming from a group of very unbiased um, Indianapolis We don't natives. even like Indy. We don't even love it here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we get into the Combine, um, we are recording this coming off of some pretty big news in the world of the NFL. Yeah, two big um, news. The, the first one that came out this... Big news. <laughs> big news. Is, oh, yeah. The first piece of news that came out today uh, in the early afternoon was David Njoku, who is a... Um, I wouldn't say a super valuable tight end in Dynasty currently, no. but definitely an upside and a lot of promise. We talked about him, touched on him a bit last week, I believe. Yeah, I dealt him, actually. Um, and 
we were really hopeful that uh, he was going to show a lot of what he could do this coming year. And the Browns and fricked the Browns, everything up, man. I'll tell you what. The Browns franchise tagged David Njoku. So all you womp owners womp. for Njoku, you're going to have to wait at least one more year because sadly there, there's probably not much coming out of him from a fantasy perspective this coming year. Well, I, I, I don't say. understand this. So, don't the Browns have bigger issues? Don't they have bigger fish to fry than David and Joku? Yeah, like a wide Just receiver. let the man go be productive somewhere. Like as a fantasy fan, you're obviously like, you know. You're bummed. You're, you're bummed. very but bummed. Like, That's like the last place you want to be. even for David and Joku, like the man is stuck in Cleveland and he's got a bunch of talent. Why don't you just let him go? I get it. I get the franchise tag thing. I know how it all works. I know that they're, the franchise is acting in their own best interest. I know it's a business. I get that. But you got to feel for the guy, right? I mean, he's stuck in Cleveland. He could <laughs> easily be going somewhere and be more productive than he yeah, is now. Yeah. So no, no hit on Cleveland, but just for him, I mean, he wasn't getting he wasn't getting much. And yeah, and, and we'll Baker see if being he injured, he could. I I could see him doing a little bit more yeah. than he did last year because Baker's going to come back healthier. And I don't think, granted, I, I don't think Baker is a good quarterback, but he will be. You can't get much worse than he was last year, and a lot of that was due to his injuries. He was so banged up. Well, really, their whole I can team was I can confidently up. tell you that he's not the long-term QB solution in Cleveland. No. So, no. with that being said, like in my and it's it's just like with wins. Like in my opinion on these you know on this QB stuff, a lot of times is if you know it's not the long-term solution, why are you dancing in it right now? Why are the Colts playing like it's a whole nother discussion? I get that, but why 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 play limbo with a quarterback you know that's not going to win your Super Bowl? I think it's a waste of time. So why they're doing that with Baker is one thing, but then they're, like they're tagging in Joku, like, oh gosh, man, I don't know. I feel right. like I feel like bottom bottom ten franchises should get like a should be limited on how much they should they yeah. can they can tag because yeah. <laughs> poor players. If Joku if Joku ends up being a high end tight end two or even like a low end tight end one, I would be impressed. Yeah. and then I would well, be going out and buying him for sure. We'll, we'll like see. If he puts o- up Austin Hooper's going to be gone. I mean, almost certainly they they can't afford they can't to pay tag two both tight, tight ends. ends. That no. helps. They were already that paying helps. Austin Tooper a lot. Austin Hooper a lot. Austin we'll, Tooper. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, I could honestly see Jarvis being gone. Um, Landry. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's gonna that, free that up. leaves you with DPJ and Higgins. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, they could easily be drafting a receiver in the first round. But I I mean you could see a lot of these targets going to Njoku this year. So what we're I mean, no, I, I think uh, I think we can agree. This is, this yeah. is just this me is searching be- for some best positive. case scenario. Yes, Here, best here's case what we'll scenario. tell you as far as from a fantasy football advice standpoint. Uh, David and Joku is on track to be pretty much fantasy relevant. Don't, again don't expect another, to start. Right. Year, so. I would hold on to him. Yeah, he's he, a, he's, he's a still hold. a stash, but at some point a stash does become a bust. At th- that yeah. Players reach yeah. an age where if they eventually, yep. I mean, David and Joko could end up being, I guess, not a bust, but because he's a career roster clogger. Yeah, yeah. but a, a disappointment <laughs> for what I he like could that. have been. So, yes. uh, yeah, we have bigger news, or you've probably heard, but yeah, there was everyone. bigger this news. Is news today. number two. This is this news, is big news. Second news is yeah. the news is yeah. What's the second news is the second news is is Calvin Ridley. Yes, back oh, to Calvin Ridley. He gosh. was officially suspended for. At least the entirety of 2022 for, yes, you heard it, gambling. Can we talk about how big of a crock of crap this is? <laughs> like, are you kidding me, NFL? And he's like tweeting through this right now because it happened only a couple hours ago. Yeah. And the stuff he's tweeting is hilarious because it's like, he seems are they really? No, yeah. And he's obviously being genuine. 
what are your guys' reaction to the to the 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 whole year suspension of Calvin Ridley? My reaction at first was shock and disappointment with Ridley. Just like why why would you do this? And then it then it started becoming more clear. I, I was like, did did his gambling issue have to do with like his mental health issue and why he stepped away? Was he trying to address that? Which was he, he like it so addicted so. or no? It, it seems like it didn't have to do with that. Yeah. It happened after he left the team and he wasn't involved in any team activities. He put down fifteen hundred dollars total mm-hmm. and and he's losing a whole season on that. I, I, I think there's a lot more serious things that actually interfered with the play of the game. Um, for example, Deflategate and Tom Brady, he ended up only losing four games for that. I think really, though, from a fantasy perspective, dynasty-wise, Ridley just plummeted. There, there's no way around it. It doesn't matter if he was unjustly punished extremely he just plummeted. And I, I think the best hope and, and the brightest side that you can see from all this is that maybe Ridley can appeal and yeah. maybe he'll be there out six to eight games and come back in the second half of the season. But it's not looking good. Well, yet. his appeal will depend on... I, I'm sure we'll see. The NFL might have more information than, than we know about because Calvin yes. could just be telling his side of the story. Maybe there's more to it than we know. Maybe it's justified, but we're hoping that it's not. And we're hoping that he can appeal this because, I mean, he's obviously dealing with a lot. He already was last season. He was out based on mental health issues. That's really sad for the, like, I mean, it's a bad situation for him. So we're hoping he can appeal it and get back because it's just really unfortunate things right. stacking and, up. And not yeah. to not to support him gambling at all because that is a clear rule in the NFL as a player you are not supposed to participate yeah, what in that he, what whatsoever. he did was wrong what well, he did he was made wrong. A, he made a bad choice for yes, sure but we're just hopeful that it's not as severe as it is seeming to be right well now. And, and my thing is like I said we don't support the decision he should have known better but give the guy four or five game suspension like and and, and you know and we can speculate on that all we want but we can confidently tell you you know as, as fantasy owners and as somebody who uh, owns Calvin Ridley shares. This is disappointing. Obviously, his value did go down. You're right. Um, are you guys going out and getting Calvin Ridley right now? Yes, but I don't know if it's going to be possible. I think just for his name alone, the name Calvin Ridley, people are going to struggle to give anything like less than a first or, or to get to anything take, less than a, yeah. to take anything less than a first for Ridley, for Ridley and you're probably not paying a first for a guy who no. may not be back for another year yeah uh, he's year he's and a half at this now. point yeah he'll he'll be coming back 28 at least 28 years old after two years off from football yeah. I mean and usually as a 28 year old yeah as a 28 year old usually that's not concerning like oh you're 28 but Stephon Diggs is 28 but two years off football is where it really is a killer I personally would not wouldn't be paying more than a mid-second because I'm not risking that because I'd do an early second I don't know I think I'd rather take I'd rather take the upside in the youth and in one of those players you're getting in the early second than a player that's going to be coming back 28 29 years old two years off of football who knows what type of shape he'll be in and and I don't think an owner of Calvin Ridley is going to take less than what he's worth when he is healthy because yeah this yeah. is actually very um, 
reminds me a lot about the Michael Thomas situation. Michael yeah. Thomas is going to be coming back this season essentially off of football for two years. Yep. And this is two years after he had a historic season in fantasy. And I think anyone would be lying to you if they thought that he was going to do the same thing. But it's kind of that awkward sort of stage when when you're looking for trades with like the Michael Thomas and Calvin Ridley sort of situations. I honestly would just say I'm holding on to those guys because you really you have no idea what's going to come of them. And their history speaks for itself. You know what they are capable of. But again, only time only time will tell you're not going to get the price that they really are worth and that you should be getting and people aren't going to be willing to pay more than they should or more than because it's just not it's not worth it for them either it's not worth the risk yeah so i think your dynasty domain official calvin really um verdict is hold hold yeah i'd hold yep okay um back to the combine uh we were there how important is the combine i i'm asking this because well, you're seeing a lot of, oh, this person ran a this or this person ran a that. First of all, first of all, let's not overestimate the, the, um, how well the 40 yard dash predicts the success of a future NFL player because there's literally no <laughs> proof Ross. that there's any, yeah, there's literally no proof that there's any correlation at all. Is it important? Sure, fine. It's important, but, it's not, it's not, no, it's not going to, this is not, don't base your, your fantasy draft picks off the 40 or the no, vertical. No. There's a lot of other things that go or, into Or it. in that case, even the combine as a whole. Now what the combine can or, or can't do, the combine can um, submit how you feel about a player's athleticism. It can be supplemental information to help you validate that you feel good about yep. what this player's potential is. Obviously measuring uh, the athleticism of somebody is never a bad thing. The problem is people end up putting too much stock into either combine results or or if somebody did bad at the combine, like David Bell, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, I think people, as far as how their opinions of prospects are swayed, I think it sways too much one way or the other based on whether they had a good or bad combine. What do you guys think about that? I think the combine can be really useful, used as a tiebreaker between, okay, I, I really like this player, I like that player. Let's see which one's faster, let's see, see which one has a bigger catch radius. Let's see how this guy looks catching if it's a running back. You know, does, Is he good with the ball in his hands? Whatever. Um, however, I'm, I'm not solely basing who I'm drafting based off, based off of who's the fastest. Because no. I think that's a really great <laughs> I mean, point. Paris, it's, Paris it's, Campbell was fast. Right. There, there's no except he was actually a very good prospect coming out of college. He went in the second round. Yeah, but look how he turned out. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. Yeah, injury. Yeah, yeah. that's a little bit of a different situation, but, I believe. Uh, the the combine is you. You also see. I I think you can allow it to push players down your draft board more than you should be letting it pull them up your draft board because you shouldn't see that this player's fast. I'm gonna bump them up a whole round in my rookie draft ADP and where I'm willing to take them just because they ran, you know, point whatever faster than this other player. But you can see a player like Kyron Williams run a really slow 40 and and then you can immediately come to the conclusion. You're like, ah, I don't really know if I'm going to be drafting him because is he going to be, is he going to score fantasy points for me? 
probably not. If he's not slow, he's never going to break any big runs. Um, and it doesn't mean he's useless. But I, I think you just have to be calculated. You have to be smart, logical with you, the conclusions you draw out of looking at the NFL combine. It provides a lot of tools for us, but it's not what we live by. We got to look at a lot of other things. We got to look at there. Right. I like your take on that, especially sort of like you're you're not looking at the combine for an entire tier jump yeah. for a player. It's just you're just kind of yep. arranging as best you can those tiers that you already know are there. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, value jumps, who had a good combine? Uh, I'll start. Uh, Malik Willis had a good combine. Jordan Davis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Um. Trey Chris, McBride. Yeah, Trey McBride did. Christian Watson. I think Olave had a pretty good combine. Well, Chris Olave had a good combine. Um, yeah. Garrett Garrett Wilson did as well, uh, even though he wasn't as fast as we were hoping he might have been. Sky Moore, uh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall oh, did man. well. Yeah. 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 So let's let's touch on a couple of these top tier um, names here. The guys that you guys are obviously all familiar with as you're listening. Uh, let's start with Malik Willis. So obviously, um, I think he's just sort of getting a bad rap because he played at Liberty. Uh, I think it's pretty evident now after seeing him on the field with some other quarterbacks, the talent is absolutely there for Malik Willis. And I think we're going to get to this and, you know, I'm not going to spoil everything, but we believe, you know, dynasty domain consensus on his, on this is that Malik Willis is the one one in rookie drafts. What do you guys think? It's super flex. I'm, I'm taking Malik Willis one one Yes. Because he's a quarterback. Quarterbacks maintain and retain value so much better than any other position in fantasy, and uh, specifically in, in superflex dynasty leagues. And I'm willing to take that shot on Malik Willis. I'm not uh, hating on anyone who takes Malik Willis at the 101. It completely makes sense to me. Of all the years for a QB to not go 101, this year would be the year that I would be fine with that happening, yes. especially if they're going like Brees Hall 101. Yes, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, but at the same time, like I said, in a super flex league, you have to value quarterbacks differently. Um, and he did look, he looked and, and, and performed well. He didn't run the 40, uh, but he threw the ball extremely well at the combine. Yeah, People were impressed beautiful. with his arm talent. Um, and, and the other thing situationally is you know Malik Willis is going to get drafted. I guess you don't know, but you're, we're all pretty sure he's going to get drafted and go somewhere and he's going to start this year or he's going to have a starting job yep. fairly soon. And, and if you get that first round draft capital, especially early first, you're pretty much guaranteed that starting job for four years. It doesn't matter how bad you are. You look at players, quarterbacks who've performed horribly in their, in their first contract after they're being drafted early in the NFL draft, like um, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, even Ryan Tannehill back several years ago but they get to play out through their rookie contract those first four years and so whether they're good or not you're pretty much getting a guaranteed low-end qb so i'm willing to take that shot yeah uh moving on to Brees hall uh he like you said earlier he had he had a great combine um as far as you know how did that affect his value probably not a whole lot right i mean we all pretty much had him as the rb1 actually we all did and going in the first two or three picks at that minimum so still still there with Brees hall right? oh absolutely yeah. yes 
and I don't. I still wouldn't move him above Malik Willis. Um, but he had a good combine as well. Uh, I think Alave was a good example of of a value fluctuation based on a combine performance because he obviously ran a good forty, uh, and then people were starting to freak out about him. Um, you know, we'll talk about where we have him valued uh, later in the show. Yeah, you've always been an Alave lover. I do. Yeah. Li- I do like a lot Alave, but I'm not watching his forty and saying, "Oh, I like him more now." No, you. I'm saying you liked him before just based off of his film. You're, yes. You, you you're a big fan of all the Ohio State yeah. wide receivers. I, I like the Ohio Alave State is to you what Dotson is to me. Yeah, and I yeah. actually liked Dotson too. But we'll, yeah. Like I said, we'll get there. Uh, as far as some players who didn't have you know a great combine performance, I think one of the headliners was Isaiah Spiller here. So what? How is this affecting how you're looking at Isaiah Spiller as a prospect? Um. Well, as, <laughs> as a running back, you really got to look at that athleticism and. Um, with Isaiah Spiller, it's not looking like he's an insane athlete like you want your running backs to be. He had a 30-inch vertical. He didn't even run the 40-yard dash. And um, I, I've seen some people say he ran a 4.58 uh, in high school. And how much slower than that could he really be? But I think it's it, it's at least worrying, worrisome that he didn't run it at the NFL Combine. Yeah, and, why um, not? Why would you not do yeah. that? Yeah, and additionally, guys, this is just interesting. Looking back at his college stats, there is not a lot of improvement year to year from 2019 through 2021. He's he's getting roughly the same amount of rushing attempts, anywhere from 174 to 188. And his yards are and around he's, a thousand. He, the whole they, time. they are all around a thousand the entire time. Same touchdowns, and, and that average is not it. You it's know, a, obviously playing for it's te- over five yards, playing but for it's, Texas A and M and the SEC is is a good that's um, that's, that's a good go. indicator. That's, that's the good. best thing. That's but at the I same time, going for and I'm right just going to be 100 percent honest with you. This is not the opinion of all of us, but this is the opinion of me. I didn't like his film, so I already wasn't exactly dying to take Isaiah Spiller. Um, I think his value is still there, you know. If so when he's available mid to late first round, like okay, maybe I'm trading out of that pick because I don't want to have to take Isaiah Spiller here, and that's the best value pick here. Right. Uh, but then his combine, you know, I, and like I said, that's not making or breaking Isaiah Spiller for me as combine, but it did kind of just solidify what I thought about Isaiah Spiller. I didn't love his film. I I was you know obviously being compared to Brees Hall too. I think Brees Hall is is a clear cut above Isaiah Spiller in terms of uh, NFL running back potential and yes. immediate impact. Um, I think I think that's part of the reason why, you know, Isaiah Spiller for me didn't look super good. And, you know, this obviously, like I said, this didn't change my opinion or didn't make my opinion worse, but it solidified what I already thought about him. Um, so another guy, David Bell out of Purdue, um, a little bit slower, you know, than people thought in the 40 and people are reacting negatively to that and i just i guess i just don't understand do you guys think it's warranted that people are uh looking at david bell any differently now after his combine no i you go ahead, go ahead yeah Simon. I, I think we always knew he wasn't a burner i mean i've watched i watched a lot of the purdue football games being a purdue fan myself and he's he was never one of those guys that would just beat you with speed. He's a really intelligent receiver. He beats you with his route running, and um, I, I think that's what I expected from him the whole time. He catches everything that's thrown his way. He's, I mean, he he did what I thought he would do. I he, I was disappointed by him being slower than I hoped he could have been, but it, it, he also was. It, it's not going to matter, you know, yeah, and we're going to talk about where David Bell's going in our drafts. And if he falls to this point, we're going to, you know, we're going to still going to recommend that you take him. Um, I, I think, like I said, David Bell is obviously proven that he can um, t- 
take over games. He's got the talent. I'm, I'm still looking at David Bell and thinking that this is a guy that I would want to have on my roster, just obviously not in the first round, but I don't think, or in the early first round, but I don't think anybody was taking him there anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I also, a lot of people were kind of a downer on him combine, like we've been saying, but I'm kind of looking at another guy who is probably David Bell is probably going to go around the same time that he did. Um, but Michael Pittman combine wise was incredibly unimpressive and he is, I mean, he was like 58th in the 40. He was 94th in speed score, 58th in burst score, uh, 66th, 89th, et cetera, et cetera. David Bell is like 15th, 20th, 8th, 10th. And he's like, I, yeah. I mean, combine again, combine wise, I'm not basing everything on the combine, but just because he didn't have an impressive 40, to me, who cares? I mean, I, I've been telling you guys this this week, but for me, other than like personally, just I get excited when I see people run fast and I'm like, oh, yeah, they got like sub four three. Like, that's exciting to see. But so did John when it comes to Ross, yeah, like when it comes to translating that to the football field, that literally means nothing to me. They are lining you up at the goal line and running straight 40 yards in skin tight attire. They're not even wearing football pads and you're not hitting your max speed. Most of the time in football as a wide receiver, you're running routes. It's about how shifty can you be? How, how precise are you in your route running? How good are you at getting those contested balls? How good are your hands? How, it's just there's it's just, so many other there variables. There's so many other factors. The forty. Yep. You're right. There are plenty of slow people in the NFL. This is relatively slow, but like that are just they're so good, and and the speed sure is important to an extent. I mean, you see freaks like Tyreek Hill and, and Kenneth Walker, but also they're shifty too, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's most of why they're so good. Yeah, and on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, somebody like Christian Watson, who had a really good combine in terms of how combines can go, his combine was really good. He looked really good in the 40. He had an amazing broad jump. Uh, His vertical was nice. It didn't move him up for me. I mean, I liked him as a a, uh, value draft pick anyways, Um, but... You, I don't think you can call somebody like that a sleeper among fantasy players now because fantasy players were already aware who this guy was and they're already high on him because he's coming from North Dakota State. You know, and then it's not a huge school, not a CC, but so he's a sleeper. But he's actually not a sleeper because if everybody's talking about him and everybody's going to draft him in the first two go. rounds, yep. then then he's not a sleeper. So I would be a little bit cautious with this too because he did have a good combine. Um, don't let that sway you in one direction though. There are plenty of incredible athletes that are never successful in the NFL. I think Christian Watson can be successful. Obviously, the size is there, and paired with the athleticism, you have potential for some really good opportunity in the NFL. I'm not, but you don't put him above, you know, those tier one, tier two guys like, um, you know, Traylon Burks, Williams, Olave, Dotson, guys like that. even 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 Drake London. I mean, Drake London, George Pickens, like even guys like that. Yeah. This is don't, coming don't from a lot of yourself. people that aren't super high on Drake London. <laughs> right. Not I, and, yeah. We'll, yeah. And we'll talk about that too. But um, yeah, you just got to be careful. I think you know how how the combine sways your opinions on some prospects. Uh, what what position you know in the combine this year? What what guys? What do you think the position is that we could see the most immediate production from in the NFL? I I think it's pretty obvious, don't you? 
I, I'm actually not sure we'll say I, the same I want to hear what you have to say. I think it's going to be the receivers. Yeah, I disagree there. I have. I say running back. I, I, I'm with Nathan here. I, I think um, it's a lot easier for a running back to come in and automatically get those touches and, and have the ball in their hands more based on just the NFL draft capital. If an, if an NFL team is going out and drafting a running back early, they're meaning to use them. Oftentimes an NFL team can draft a wide receiver and throw them into their wide receiver three slot for development. And, um, and, and they're not necessarily going to produce fantasy-wise for you right away. Uh, these this is a pretty shallow running back class. This is like historically shallow for right, backs. but so, your 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 top tier running backs are probably the it just just think where these guys are probably gonna go. Buffalo needs a running back. Okay, so, so we're, we're probably let let's assume that Buffalo's gonna okay, get a running they're not back. Throwing, they're they're not throwing Singletary produce. out the window though. No. no. Um so at best you're getting a true. rookie that splits carries. Let, let's say one of them let's say Look at what Javante Williams did with that. You, so you're telling me one of these guys is Javante Williams? Brees no, Hall. I, I okay, really so like if Brees Hall, Hall, if Brees yeah. Hall goes to the Bills, then yes. But then, like, I'm, this yeah, is what I'm saying. I'm not it's even not, sure the Bills is the best landing you're spot. You're saying Let's overall, say, you'd yeah, see I'm the saying, most I'm production unless, overall. Unless it's Brees Hall, and and honestly, outside of Brees Hall, I don't love this running back class. Look at 23, no, and, you're gonna, and you're going to see exactly why you should wait a year to draft a running back. We already don't know. Like, I, I bet between the three of us, we disagree on who running back two is in this class. I don't even really care at this point. Like I really, I'm really I'm not, only focused on Brees Hall. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. But who are the wide receivers that we think can go out and immediately produce? I think I, I think Garrett Wilson is a surefire. I think Garrett. Producer. I think Garrett Wilson is. I think Traylon Burks is. I think if Alave goes the right place, he could end up being in a good position to, to get some production on the board. And then, but then the fringe guys are actually pretty good because because You're it is right. a deep class. So you've got guys like Dotson and Pickens and London who could go to teams where they need, like the Colts. If one of them went to the Colts, the Colts would absolutely use one of them. So it's not necessarily from from a positional only standpoint. Yes, typically running backs are the ones that can go in and get production earlier and easier. You saw it with Javante and Najee Harris and DeAndre Swift and even Jonathan Taylor. You know, in their first two years of their career, they're already valuable and productive fantasy players. But because this class is so shallow, is so uh, void of running backs that actually, I think, actually can be good NFL running backs, I'm taking the, the receivers because they are kind of the opposite. They are, this is a deep receiver class. There are a lot of guys uh, that teams are going to be kind of chomping at the bit over because they do have the speed and they do have the proven college production. And so when you combine that with some of the needs positionally of teams just like the Colts, you have a lot of potential for some of these young receivers to come in and produce at a high level right away. So you're saying you're putting your faith more in the mediocre production across the board of the receivers rather than the top heavy production from the yeah limited because who do i think class. is going to be the number one pr- like producer out of this class right away and if it's not a quarterback it's Brees hall yeah i think Brees hall will outperform any of these receivers this year for sure but i think i think the consistency of yes you're exactly right i think the consistency of points across the board that will come from the receivers this year i think that will all amount to the receivers being the most immediately productive group from this class because that definitely is the deepest position group in this class so. it is but I, I would also worry about where a lot of these receivers are going because like you said the colts need a receiver the browns need a receiver um what other teams i i mean let's say one of these receivers a goes lot. to the chargers where they're a wide receiver three slash four behind Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and, and right next to Josh Palmer. I, I think a lot of these receivers could get drafted to a team where we're Falcons disappointed. Need a receiver. 
Yeah, and, there and are who's, plenty and, of and who's throwing to, the problem with a lot of these landing spots, like the Colts or the Falcons or the Browns, is they're not gonna they're not in the heavy passing yeah, but offenses. Even, even the Chiefs could draft one of these guys, and he could be mega productive the first year. I mean, there could be. I, I'm I'm uh, a little. I'd actually. Be I don't more really excited want a receiver that's going, going to a different team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really want a receiver that's going to Kansas City. Yeah. Because they're going to be a third option behind Tyreek. And, and Kelsey, uh, and Kelsey. Who's a wide receiver, and, and we we see how quickly those those targets and those options in that Kansas City offense just disappear week to week based on how the defense is is playing them, and uh, they can just be primarily or completely used as just as a distraction week to week, where you know you just go run these routes, we're never going to throw to you, but they're they're going to be forced to cover it, and I'm not really going to be that excited as. As much as you love a young receiver going to be with Mahomes, you, you I, just I described Gabe Davis, by the way. Yeah, like to a T. I'm not saying I'm buying Gabe Ooh. Davis. Oh, I have it on record that you like Gabe Davis. I like Gabe Davis. I'll, 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 I'll paste it in the show. I, I, <laughs> we're not doing that again. I Stop. held, I held Gabe Davis in several leagues all year because I wasn't selling him. I liked who he was, and and I got to this point where he, you know, he exploded in the off season, and it's like, all right, that's what I wanted. That's where I wanted Gabe Davis to be. And um, here's his high point, and I'll get rid of him. Uh, if the Chiefs bring the right guy in, there's absolutely no reason to think that he won't be productive. Because have they brought the right guy in yet? Because Hardman's not the right guy. No. So so who's to say there that? Definitely, there's a big question mark with the Chiefs because every time they've tried, they've yeah, pretty much I, I'm failed. Not, I'm not saying I don't... Not saying McCall Hardman's bad, but as a fan, <laughs> I'm not saying that it, there couldn't be an absolute league winner that lands in Kansas City but I'm not going to draft someone just because that was their landing spot. No, but that's that's what I'm saying. I mean the Chiefs are a def- I think that's a as good of an option if not better than the Browns. Yeah, but I, I think we've made that that mistake before of saying like, "Oh, let's draft Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jonathan Taylor because look, that's all the Chiefs needed in their offense and he's going to get these points and he's going to get these touches and then he wasn't good." But that's not what I said. What I said was I, if a, if one of these receivers goes to the Chiefs, they have potential to produce. Yes, so did Clyde Edwards-Alaire just because he was on the Chiefs and he had potential to produce and he didn't do it. What I'm saying is, I I just I'm a little bit wary of taking someone just because of where they went. I, I'd rather look at their skills and, and their film. That's and, not yeah, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if it's one of these guys that I like and he goes to the Chiefs, like well, that could be a really good situation for him to produce. That's not I, there's nothing I don't think false about that. Could be, yeah. All right, let's move on. Next question. What do we got coming up next year? Let's go to our mock draft. Mock draft. Okay. So let's explain how we did this. Um, we basically just drafted the three of us. We took turns. Um, and we went through and drafted the first two rounds. And we're going to kind of explain with each player um, surface level because we are going to do some episodes coming up about um, how we're thinking about each position group. But for now, Simon, you had the first pick. Who'd you take? I did. Um this is a super flex mock draft because the leagues we play in are uh, all super flex. So I got to go with the quarterback and I went with Malik Willis. Yeah. I think, I think like I said earlier, no this, shade there. This is our number one guy. I think, I think Malik Willis has the talent and the arm and he's going to go to a situation where 
it's going to be advantageous to pick him as early as you can. And obviously, you can't pick him any earlier than the first pick. Yep. I'm glad we all agree here. Yeah. Good. It's good. All right. I had the second pick. I'm taking Brees Hall here. Um, you can make arguments for another quarterback. You can make an argument for Burks or Wilson. Um, I think Brees Hall, after having a good combine, just kind of solidified himself as um, the top running back in this class and um, as probably the only, you know, surefire super good running back in this class um i think his upside and his potential production right away it was enough for him me to take him at the one two so right now i'm taking him at the second pick of this draft nathan you got the next one yeah so i i went Traylon burks at the one three um kind of just going off you guys i think really after Traylon burks and garrett wilson there it's it's definitely a deeper class but you've got probably the most guarantee as you as you can possible from a rookie wide receiver yeah um then i still think he's i I still think he's definitely the wide receiver one although people flipped out about his 40 time like what i don't care i don't care about that oh i'm sorry yes who cares yeah who cares what he he just offers so much he's he still ran a four five and he's a he's a freak athlete i mean his hand size his I mean, yeah, yeah. This I'm, is this I'm, is a situation where his forty means nothing to me. No. It means absolutely nothing. He's hey. <laughs> he's proven it in college. He was he was stellar. We've all seen his film. He, he has game speed. He can beat anyone. He had a ninety ninety something yard touchdown where he just beat everyone on the field. I'm not really worried about his forty yeah, time. No, and so it wasn't I, even yeah, bad. Yeah, I had no problem taking Burks here. So, yeah. Okay, Simon. And your I was picks up, up next, and I took Garrett Wilson. I think he's an incredible pro ready receiver. He's his body control in the air, his contested catchability. He's he's not a, a monster or a freak or anything. He's just six foot one ninety two, um, according to Sleeper. That's what they haven't measured out as. But I mean, he he's made some amazing in air adjustments. I, watching his film, he's he's so good on the ball. He's he's shifty. He's smart, and um, I I think he's about as good as you can get when you're talking to pro ready wide receiver. Yeah. All right, I was up next. I got the 1-5 here, and I'm going to take Corral. Um, I think this is as far as I can go without taking another QB here, considering that there are three that are probably going to start in the NFL at some point. Uh, so Matt Corral is the next of those. I'm taking him. Um, I think his value, in my opinion, has decreased some since he got injured. Um, I think people overall looking at Matt Corral are a little bit more hesitant now. I think if he would not have gotten injured there uh, in his bull game, I think people would still be looking at maybe taking him top three or four picks so the fact that he's making it to five now if i'm in a super flex league i'm taking this quarterback every time i i personally like matt corral less than malik willis but more than kenny pickett uh so that's why i chose to take corral here and then another quarterback with nathan got the next pick yeah and this is where avery and i kind of differed here um with our opinions on the quarterbacks but i'm definitely more of a fan of kenny pickett than probably why anyone other than Willis because his yeah his hand size (laughs) his his hands people are down on him because oh my gosh his hands are tiny which actually in person it was funny they looked really small they're eight and a half inches which is smaller than my hands I'm not a big dude I think all three of us had bigger hands we literally did did. Yeah, yeah yeah we measured him which yeah that was funny but literally again same thing as a 40 who cares if you can throw the football you can throw the football Maybe when it's cold, it's an issue. But he wears gloves every time he in every game, anyways. Yeah, it's well, a classic, like Kurt Warner. Well, you do know hand size is the number one predictor of an NFL prospect success, right? You're I disagree trolling. with that. I yeah, think there's I'm a kidding. lot more variables. Yeah, why he's, why he's do you like rather than hand size? Yeah, I'm, I'm, he's trolling. Dude, um, I'm kidding. Yeah, sorry. I'm joking. Yeah, why do you like Pickett more than Corral? I like Pickett more because I think he is more um, start. He's more startable in the NFL. 
sooner. more coachable more coachable he has you you cannot deny that that his experience at Pitt has he is more prepared and he is more ready and he is more developed than any other quarterback in this class his upside is not that of Malik Willis however his floor and where he's starting at I'm I'm taking I'm taking that, and I'm a I'm a big fan of that. So this is I think uh, this is my opinion, but I think this is the classic blunder that everybody's kind of committing right now. Matt Corral got hurt, and now Kenny Pickett is the guy because he had a fake slide in the pro in his in his ball. Are you serious? Are we really doing this? Like we saw Kenny Pickett, which all was this impressive. Time, They're going to make he, a rule. It's going to yeah, be like the, the Kenny Pickett, Pickett rule. rule. No, Kenny Pickett's a great prospect, but at the same time, like if you watch Matt Corral's film, like he's a salt. He's got a good arm he's a good decision maker he's accurate like i think i think if he doesn't get hurt here i think people aren't even having this discussion and i think because of kenny pickett being more of a household name uh, he's a little bit more popular because you know like i said he's kind of a highlight play guy and obviously the hands thing has gotten him some publicity um and i think people are leaning pickett now my opinion is that corral is the better is the better quarterback the better passer kenny pickett obviously can um can move with his legs a little bit more, I think, they, than Corral. Really? But I think but, Corral has but more Corral, upside. But, but Corral has plenty of rushing upside. Yeah. So with that, I'm like, I'm taking the one with the better arm, which is Corral, and I, I don't, I don't get the Pickett hype. Pickett's gonna be one of my picks probably as a bust, but I could be, it could be, I could be wrong one on that. I'm just going pickets. with the, one of my yes. Nice. Thank you. I could. I'm just going with my gut on that, day. but I definitely like. I'm looking at Corral, and I'm saying, okay, if he doesn't get hurt, he's probably. People probably aren't even talking about this because I, I really do think a lot of Pickett's value right now is anchored in his publicity, which is never a good thing. Yeah. So. And, and I'm not going to argue too much on this. Uh, I really think that after the 104, it gets really hairy who you're picking anyways. And uh, well, your preferences. Yeah. yeah. This is when preferences really come in. And if you're picking Corral over Pickett, fine. If you're picking Pickett over Corral or over other guys, if you're taking. The next wide receiver, then you know yeah. you do you. What whatever your team needs, that's that's fine. But you know, for me, I really I am I am one of the people that is buying into the hype and the possibility of um, Kenny Pickett going to Pittsburgh. And if he ends up in Pittsburgh, I am loving it. I'm loving it. I I love his situation there. Yeah, they are mm-hmm. the most ready. They're they are the team that is like so ready to have a guy like him and they are going to build around him so well if they get him this is way down the road and this is a prediction that could be way off the rails after he yeah this one probably could, this one could, could easily go, go crazy for you this could go crazy but again if you guys are doing your rookie draft now and a lot of people are in their leagues um I'm just I'm going pick it because of that and for for my reasons that I already said. So yeah, who Simon, where are you going at the? Well, at the I have one more thing to say. Oh, about okay, that. yeah. I think yeah. in um, the matter of Pickett versus Corral or, or just a lot of other, you know, this player versus that player, you can that's where you can kind of let the combine start to play into your opinions because you can, you can if you're stuck be- deciding between this guy's film and that guy's film, you can start to look at their measurables and even uh, further down the line, you can look at their draft capital from the NFL because that'll tell you what the actual GMs and the actual scouts are thinking about them. And those can be used as the tiebreakers on your opinions. And, um, and obviously yeah, we can't point. do that in this situation. Yeah, we can't do that. Corral yet. wasn't at the, but he is going to do pro day, I think pro day workouts. Okay. Yeah. So w- we should definitely revisit that um, after he does his pro yeah, his pro day workout. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll be doing a QB Kenny, episode. I think, I think Kenny Pickett looked fine um, in the combine. Uh, I don't think he was, you know, 
insane. No. But but at the same time, we have no idea what Matt Corral was like. You're going to have to sell me on this next pick, Simon, because I'm just not getting it here. Uh, at the 107, I took Kenneth Walker, um, which my re- my reasoning for that is um, I think the the wealth of wide receivers in fantasy football and, and especially dynasty football, there's so many young, talented, productive wide receivers, and there's not that many running backs and so I'm willing to take a shot on one which I think is a very good running back a pure rusher in Kenneth Walker he's um he really burst onto the scene this last year at Michigan State he's he's an amazing pure rusher if you watch his film he's I think he's the best one in this class um the best what the best rusher the best pure rusher and uh we haven't really seen him do much catching so he doesn't really have that um the receiving Upside, upside that we know of yet. I mean, yeah. part of that's just Michigan State didn't didn't throw to him. Maybe that's yeah. because he's bad. Brees Hall had a lot bigger, um, yeah. a lot bigger sample size to show from. Yep. But again, if you if you look at his uh, quarterback situation there at Iowa State, they had a, a very very experienced season quarterback playing there. I think he was on his uh, fourth or fifth year there in Iowa State, and he holds almost all the records there. They love him there. He's a solid guy. Yeah. Um, obviously, that guy um, is not really going to go anywhere in the NFL but it, it was a good situation there at Iowa State when it came to quarterback play so that probably corresponds to his like receptions and that sample yeah. size whereas Michigan State was quite a bit more questionable yeah well Kenneth Walker only had 13 receptions right. this last season and only right. 5% target share and yeah and, and we'll see and, and that's where yeah. you can kind of look at the receptions how did he look? the receptions are an issue yes I mean, there, there's plenty of other running backs in the NFL where we kind of push them down our rankings because they don't catch right. many passes. That's like why Nick Jonathan Chubb. Taylor. That's Jonathan Taylor had that. Yeah, super high. He he did go at the 101 sometimes, but yeah. a lot of times people wouldn't choose him. And honestly, like I think Jonathan Taylor is a is a case of somebody fitting well in somebody's offense because I, with Frank Reich's scheme, you know, he's doing a lot of short passes and and unfortunately he runs a lot of screens too, which sometimes are just very ill timed. But that's another discussion. Um, and and obviously he has he has uh improved Jonathan Taylor's value in terms of of, rece- of a receiving running back too. So uh, with Kenneth Walker, that could easily be what happens. Yeah. He could go he could go um to somebody that is going to improve that part of his game. Um you know, fi- at, at 5 how 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 big is Brees Hall? Uh Brees Hall is 5'11", mm-hmm. 217. So just a little bit bigger and than Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Kenneth is 5'9", 211. Yeah. So uh, and, and, and um and they're like the exact same age. Yep. So. Yeah. And if you look at their numbers this year, I mean from a Very rushing similar. standpoint, Kenneth Walker actually did better. He had 263 rushing attempts for over 1,600 yards. Brees Hall was 253 with uh, almost 1,500. So very similar, but I I mean, Kenneth did more. Yeah. Uh, le- a few less touchdowns, yep. 19 and total touchdowns to Brees Hall's 23. And a, lo- and a lower target share. Yes, um, yeah, the target share is the big, yeah. big divide there. But, I mean... All that to say, I'm willing to take a shot on someone who could be a, a very good. I mean, you look at any young, any wide, not any wide receiver, any running back over the age of 23 or 24. Um, when they're young, they automatically just get such a huge price tag in the dynasty realm because they're so hard to come across. And if and if Kenneth Walker comes onto the scene and is even a low end running back one he's going to be expensive and he's going to be well worth that 107. And so I was willing to take a shot on yeah. him compared to who Avery takes next. Yeah. yeah. And, and you guys may be wondering like with the similar stats this past season, why are we valuing Brees Hall so much 
more highly than everyone else, specifically Kenneth Walker. Well, Kenneth Walker was actually, um, he actually played at Wake Forest his first two seasons, and then he transferred this last year to Michigan State, and that's when his big jump came. And that that is quite, that, that's a bit telling to me just because of, of how the offense could be working for him. And that could be more of a coaching thing, more of like a scheme thing for him that, that betters his ability to get more yards rather than his actual physical ability to like, like make that happen himself. Whereas Brees Hall is playing for Iowa state and he, you know, not as big name, not as a, not as big of a name of school as Michigan state is. And he's putting up 1500 yards two years in a row. Um, he, he just seems more consistent, more reliable, um, rather than the huge jump that Kenneth had his third year. Yeah, if he goes somewhere like the like the Miami Dolphins with Mike McDaniel, I think that that's a good situation for any of these rookie running backs to go in there and potentially yeah. produce. But we did just spend half of our show talking about Kenneth Walker, yeah, we and we've did. got a ton more picks left. <laughs> so I was Sorry. up next, 108. Uh, my guy, Chris Olave, is still there. I'm going to take him. Uh, I think if Chris Olave was gone, I think if, so for example, if Simon would have taken Chris Olave there, I think that would have prompted me to take Spiller. Um, Spiller, I obviously, I said I'm not super high on Spiller, but at the point where he's falling, you know, late first, I think I'm going to take a chance on him. But Olave is still there. I like Olave a lot. Uh, he, I think he um, has a ton of upside, and we obviously saw some of the athleticism upside uh, at the combine, and that didn't really sway my opinion of him. I still think he's a mid-late first rounder, but uh, he's, like, it's like Simon said, he's been my guy for a while. Um, you guys notice anything on Alave looking at his metrics? Um, from the combine, nothing uh, other. I'm nothing super impressive or super special. He ran a sub four four. Yay, yay for him! Yeah. Uh, again, I'm just looking at what he did on the season at Ohio State, which is. Uh, has been producing a lot of incredible wide receivers over the past. Yeah, I mean, a thousand a thousand receiving yards at Ohio State with as with as many with receivers as, many as, as they, they had, had there. Yeah, and and thirteen touchdowns. Yeah, I'm buying yeah. I'm buying it all day. I like I said I like the receivers yeah. that are coming out of Ohio State right now. Uh, give me a lot of it at the one eight. Who you yeah. got, Nathan, at the next pick? Uh, I got I have Jahad Jahan Dotson. Um, I really, I I've loved Dotson since really the beginning of the college season last year i i just love him if you look at his highlight reel he just has some ridiculous catches uh he had this single like like one hander i think his uh in, in 2020 that was quite impressive um, but I'm, I'm looking beyond that i'm looking at his his poise um he he's he's a really good route runner he's super smooth he's very elusive great hands he's not dropping the ball very often and this is with a QB situation at Penn State that is uh, less than ideal and you saw that this year Penn State was a very promising team overall and their QB situation um, with injury and just inconsistency was not very good at all and Dodson still had almost 1200 receiving yards um, with 91 receptions total and 12 receiving touchdowns I mean the guy was quite impressive um and i i'm totally buying into it i'm super excited to see what he does in the nfl yeah. um i think this is a classic example of why this wide receiver uh position group this year is just so deep because i think dotson's a guy yes, you could get at the, 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 the late end of the first and and that end up being a solid pick for you so yeah. i like i personally like dotson too simon you're up oh yeah i am up again i took uh my boy jameson williams who was previously an Ohio State receiver, actually. 
Um, That's a fun fact. And um, people, a lot of people, I think, have some worries about him because why did it take him so long to emerge? He was at Ohio State. He had to transfer to Alabama to really become someone. But, I mean, he, he's still, he's only 20 years old. Um, so his breakout was still at 20. He is still a pretty early breakout. He, uh, he had a 20% target share this year at Alabama, which historically has had very good wide receivers. He had almost 20 yards per reception. I was going to say, he had 20% target share and still had 1,500, almost 1,600 yards and yeah. 15 touchdowns. Yep. Holy cow. On Alabama. That's and that's crazy. SEC receiving against those SEC cornerbacks. He's playing against the best DBs in college in practice every single day. I really like the value you're getting yeah. out of that. Pick. Giving me Jamison Williams all day, man. I think this is another guy who um, maybe his his uh, stock has been hurt a little bit by his injury. I'm not buying it. People are coming back these days all the time from ACLs. I don't think ACL is something that's really going to terrify anybody anymore. Uh, it's not an Achilles injury. Uh, I, I love the pick. I've got the next one, and I'm that the 111 Spiller has still not been taken. I'm going to take Spiller here. It was only like three weeks ago where we were all taking Spiller in the top five. I saw it plenty of places, you know, in a bad combine. I get it. I wasn't taking him in the top five, and but so, but I think I'm taking him at the end of the first for sure. At the 111, absolutely. Just the upside that he's going to offer. I think there's going to be an NFL team that really does want him to come in and produce right away. Um, he obviously had two solid, really three solid seasons at Texas A&M playing in the SEC. Um, not my favorite guy in film, but from a value, but you don't always just, you know, draft who your favorites are because odds are you're going to strike out on most of those. Um, you know, the experts are saying this guy is a guy and I'm going to listen. I'm going to take the value pick at the 111 and I'm going to take uh, Isaiah Spiller here. Yeah, he's only a 20 and a half and through three seasons in college, he was under 200 touches, 200 rushing attempts every year. So, I mean, if you're talking miles on a guy, he's young and he has low miles. He has a lot of time to become someone if he isn't coming in as that person right away. And and the value of that had the 111, where just two weeks ago we were all taking him 104, 105. Yeah, uh, yeah it's 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 a great pick. Yeah. yeah. Nathan, you had the 112? Uh, yeah, so at the 112, I took um, Drake London. And uh, in, you know, in hindsight, you could debate taking George Pickens or David Bell. But, you know, at, at this point, it's kind of just... So, so you pick, pick your preference. And, um, I didn't necessarily have a preference here. I just went with Drake London. Um, and this is because there's a lot of hype around Drake London because of the prospects that USC has been, um, bringing out with the likes of Amon Ra and Michael Pittman in the last two years. Um, and if you look at, I mean, inch for inch and pound for pound, Drake London is almost the clone of Michael Pittman. And, uh, I think a lot of people see that in him. I think slightly more athletic too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'd agree there. Yeah. So um, I know you guys more than me have a stronger opinion on Drake London, and I kind of want to hear just real briefly what you guys think about why you're not too high on London this year. I think I think this is probably an appropriate landing spot for London. So I think I think actually we're about the same. I just you know I'm always very cautious with guys who the fantasy community thinks the dynasty community thinks is going to break out. Everybody's talking about Drake London. Everybody thinks okay Drake London's the guy. Drake London's the guy. Uh, compared to some of these other guys, like from a production standpoint, and also given the fact that he's playing in the Pac-12 and not the SEC and or even not the Big Ten, um, I'm not as sold on him being an immediate um, production player from a fantasy standpoint. 
or even getting an immediate production role um, on an NFL team. Now, I think there's a good chance he does. I think there's a good chance he goes to a team that needs a receiver and he immediately fills that role. Uh, I think he's had an injury history too, so that's kind of factoring into what I'm thinking about him. Uh, but I'm just being a little bit cautious about Drake London because everybody thinks he's going to be the steal of the draft. But like I said, if you think so, if everybody thinks somebody's a steal, then he's actually not a steal. Yeah. What about you, Simon? Um, I uh, I think I'm trying to be hopeful here, but Drake London, I, I think in, in college, really tried to depend on his size for separation and uh, vertical separation more than uh, creating separation through his routes and being shifty and um, beating guys. But in, in the NFL, he's going to be going and playing against more athletic, faster, stronger guys. And, and I'd be a little bit worried about his ability to go up and make those same catches. However, I will say in 2019 at USC, he would have been the wide receiver three behind Michael Pittman and Amon Ra. And he still had a 10% target share. Um, through eight games, he was averaging five catches a game. And he had 500 receiving yards in, in eight games. And, th- and that's really good as the okay. wide receiver three at 18 years old. Right. And um, so I- I'm hopeful there. I-, I'm, I-, I almost wonder if I've been yeah. fading him a little bit. No, I think there's good reason. There's, there's a really good reason why everyone has him so high. I don't think he's as safe as the other picks, though. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like I said, I think this is the appropriate place for him yes, to go. Yes, and, yeah. and let's even say this is the 112. That means this was the winner of the league the previous year, assuming they didn't trade away That's their a pick. Solid. You got Drake at, London at the one twelve. If you're yeah. the winner and you're taking Drake London there, oh, I I love that because he could be one of those guys that just comes in and and in two or three years is that guy so that re- yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, real quick, quickly here through our second round, we're not going to spend as much time on these guys. Uh, but Simon, you had the first pick and you took George Pickens. I here. did take George Pickens. I love him. Love it. I think had he not been hurt this last year or even <laughs> the last a lot, two years yeah, yeah through his college career he's an he's a he's an amazing receiver he was coming out of high school he's fast he's big he's strong he's good at running his routes he's good he has good hands yeah yeah, I think there's definitely uh, the size and the talent is here. I still think there's definitely some risk involved with Pickens, but that's why he's, that's is. why yep. he's going. That's why he's in the second. That's why he's in the second round. If he if there wasn't, he would be going up with guys like Alave and yes. Dotson. Um, I had the 102. I'm taking Sam Howell here. I watched him throw at the combine, you know, and he did not he did not by any means have a bad performance. I would say he had a solid combine. I would say he had a good combine. Um, I just think in a super flex league, you know, we're in the second round, three quarterbacks off the board. I think he's definitely the beginning of that next year quarterbacks, him and maybe Desmond Ritter there. But even then, I think his arm talent is a little bit above Desmond Ritter's. So him still being here and looking at him and and David Bell really as the two guys that I might want to take. I just decided in a super flex league, I'm going to take my chance on a quarterback. And Nathan, you went ahead and took David Bell at the 2-3. Yeah, I took David Bell and this wasn't too much of a um, debate with me. This is really David Bell kind of marks the end of those... uh very deep top tiers and top levels of wide receivers after yeah. this you're yep. really starting to just you know roll the dice on your on your chances with these guys um so david bell uh he he showed a lot in college and uh he didn't have the best combine again people weren't real high on his 40 but i don't care could so he, if, you can get him at the, if you can get him at the two three go for it uh don't don't hesitate. He's he could he could be a solid asset. And the two fours where we got a little bit interesting here, Simon. You ended up taking Trey McBride. I here. did take Trey McBride. I, I think um, clear this, clear cut t- first tight end in the class. Yeah, by the way, clear. And, and this would be in a tight end premium league. Um, so I'm willing to take that that shot on McBride, who yeah. in college was a 
a beast. I mean, he he was he was beast. just the main target on his team. He was efficient with those targets, and we saw at the combine he appears to be a really good blocker. He even was on film and heck of an athlete. Yeah, he's he, yep. very agile. Yep, looks he's smooth. I, I think. I'm comparing him sort of to Pat Frymuth from last year. Just yeah, Pat you know, Frymuth went right around the same time, early yeah. early second round. Yeah. yeah, and I went ahead and took Christian Watson at the two five. Um, like I said, I believe in the receivers in this class. So when I get into some of these later depth um, rookie picks here, I'm going to take Christian Watson. Um, I think this is probably appropriate for where he should go. Obviously, he had a really really good combine, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, for me, that's not changing his value much. Like I said, I'm glad I know he has the athletic ability to get it done. I. Think think he's got the size with the size paired with the athletic ability for me is is enough for uh, me to take him maybe even a little bit earlier than this but the two five i think is very appropriate for christian watson uh, i think he's got a lot of upside and uh, coming out of north dakota state i think that this is a good value pick here if you get christian watson to fall to you at this point too in the mid second and then nathan you're going to go ahead and take desmond ritter here yeah i go desmond ritter uh just just to kind of mark the end of uh, quarterback relevancy for this class, um, this guy's coming out of Cincinnati. He had a pretty pretty decently impressive year. He was for, good uh, at Cincinnati. He, he was very solid. And, and when I watched him, I watched quite a few games for Cincinnati this year, and he seemed to just be on a very different level um, than really anyone else on the team that was playing with him offensively. He just he seemed very intelligent, um, very very capable. Obviously, this is a big gamble. Uh, you're not taking Ritter <laughs> as your top QB in this class, uh, huge, huge gamble, but you know, in a, in a super flex, take your chances and he could so sh- show some future production here. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then uh, at the 207, you've got uh, the Sky guy Moore. with probably the coolest name here, yeah, Sky, Sky, Moore. Sky, Sky Moore. Sky Double Y McMore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really good in college. I mean, he had, he had a good combine he put out. He had an early breakout age. He had almost 40% target share in college and uh, he, he has a lot of upside. So I thought he was a great pick at the. Two two oh seven. Let me yeah. just let me just tell you guys. Don't pick him because his name is cool. Like what in the world? Just pick a guy because he has upside, or because you like how, oh, his film, or or because not because of his name. Don't let the sky with the double Y sort. Because people do that. People do that crap. It's sky ridiculous. has a pretty high ceiling. <laughs> We should end the show. Uh, that was so funny. The show, the show needs ending. Uh, at the, that's at, like the joke of the year. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> at the 2-8, I'm going to take Greg Dulcich here. He is the second tight end off the board. We Dulcich. saw him at the Combine 2, and a lot of people are putting him over McBride, like as far as the NFL Network analysts, which what do they even know? Like, I, are you serious? I think McBride that's atrocious. Was, I think McBride was pretty clearly uh, the, the best tight end prospect in this class, but maybe a year from now I'm going to be laughing at that. Uh, Dulcich, obviously, I think he's got... Uh, the size and um, the athleticism from the tight end position uh, to really make an impact in his first year. I liked his. I like watching him in person. I liked his route running. Um, I think he's going to be a solid NFL tight end. So I'm going to take my chances here in the late second with him. And then Nathan, you're going to go ahead and go with Cook at the two nine. Uh, yeah. So I go with I go with Cook and my reasoning behind this. Uh, not not really too James much Cook, other than is. yeah, James Cook. He uh, is is a fourth running back going. There hasn't been a running back since the 111 that's gone, and I'm just I'm taking my chances with another running back. You're you're looking at guys like uh, Elijah Mitchell last year who are going around this time, and even the third uh, third round and end up taking off and and surpassing Trey Sermon who goes late first. So again, this is sort of just take your chances, look at who you like. And I, I went with James Cook. Yep. More of a lottery here at the end of the second and same thing with you, Simon, you're thinking running back here because you know, there's not a lot off the board yet. Yeah. And, uh, I actually, I am a big fan of, I took Rashad white. I, 
I really liked his film. He has a bunch of receiving up- upside. His college target share was almost 19% as a running back. Um, 5.5 yards per carry, which we know doesn't tell the whole story. But, I mean, he had less than 200 attempts this year, and he, he still broke 100 yards. And, um, yeah, I, I think he's he's a good dart throw. You're talking 210, so... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had the 211. I'm going to take Danny Gray here. Um, watching him at the Combine, I did I did like him. I think he. Um, I think this is about where he is being projected to go um, in, some, in most places anyways. Uh, but he's obviously got the speed. Um, and coming out of SMU there, he had, uh, I would say, two solid. I mean, the, his first season at SMU, he only played eight games and, and only had about 500 yards. Um, but his second season there, he had about 809 touchdowns. He originally played at Blinn Community College, um, so obviously, you know, coming from a little bit of smaller background there. But I think he has a lot of upside. Um, I think he's got plenty of size. He is almost 23 already, so he's a little bit older for a wide receiver and for a prospect in this class. But uh, I like his upside enough to where I'm taking him here at the end of the second. And then Nathan, you've got our last pick. Yeah. So with the last pick in the second round, and our uh, last pick that we're talking about here in the rookie draft is Kyron Williams. Uh, this guy is a prospect coming out of Notre Dame. He uh, left after his junior year to come into the draft, and he uh, has shown some flashes of greatness. He's shown consistency. He's shown uh, two straight seasons of uh, roughly 1,000 rushing yards and uh, consistently 14 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns, and um, over five yards um per carry average in his sophomore year and just right around that um, his last year as well. So again, this is kind of the same reason why I took James Cook, just taking my chances here with another running back and looking for immediate production. Yeah, uh, and uh, as I, I've walked, I've watched and looked into a lot of his film, Kyron Williams specifically, and uh, I, I don't really think what we're hoping for there with him is his pure rushing ability. He's, he's really good at with the ball in his yeah, hands 42 receptions and 359 yeah, yards it's, this it's past his, year it's his p- p- yeah. pass catching yep. and uh his his blocking specifically on his uh pass blocking it's going to keep him on the on the field on third down and we know on third downs there's he's going to get those um those uh check downs and check e- and even in the red zone if if you're in red zone you want those pass catching backs and so he's going to get those red zone opportunities and those third down opportunities and it's going to keep him on the field because yeah. the team's yeah. going to trust yeah. him first yep. guy i think and i'm always going to think because i'm slightly biased but it's naheem hines is uh i think that's a good comparison yeah that that sort of upside and that's that's good that's startable it's decent yeah Yeah. um so our official you know dynasty domain advice for you as you get into you know closer to the nfl draft and very close to your rookie drafts is deal with your picks and and deal with the these players in the draft with a December mindset. Think how how are you thinking about you know obviously we know more about these guys now, like but that. we we tend to get emotional once once the Super Bowl ends. This is all we're thinking about. We're thinking about okay, who who are the rookies? Who are the good rookies? What just happened at the combine? Who ran the yeah. fastest forty? Let's be honest, we're still in grieving. We just we yeah, miss we're watching football. From watching Sunday. football. Yeah, but th- think about this. You know, make these moves with a December mindset. Okay, you got to be leveled. You got to understand the value of veteran guys, and you got to also you know understand that we talked last week. Picks are all, they can be overvalued you can even though you like a guy even though i like plenty of guys in this draft i do 
I'm dealing my picks away. I'm thinking, I'm thinking December. I'm thinking I'm a contender. Um, just make sure as you're dealing with some of these draft picks, you're you're making the right decisions for your fantasy team because I think it's easy to act on emotion and get yourself into positions where you it, it may be hard to get out of and it might put your team at a disadvantage um, in the league. So uh, we are going to take a week off next week. We're going to be on vacation. At least a couple of us will. Uh, so we are going to come back in two weeks, but as always, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, rate us. And if you don't, don't rate us because we're not begging you, uh, continue to send us your trades on Twitter. Thanks for listening. This has been dynasty domain. Dynasty domain.